1: to the training camp the first training camp edition of the believe in titans podcast your weekly look at all things tennessee titans with uh with john glennon of all titans at si.com john how are you how are you
0: i am doing well and enjoying being uh back in the flow once again
1: yes indeed i am david beauclair also of all titans at si.com you can find our work daily at uh SI.com slash NFL slash Titans. Denard Walker, the the third but certainly not the least member of the crew, is on vacation this week. So John and I will press forward without him. But uh, plenty to discuss, John. We're recording this Wednesday evening. There has been one training camp practice. And it was uh, it was notable, I think, on several fronts, uh, not the least of which was that we saw Traylon Burks on the field, involved from start to finish, and making plays. Talk about Traylon Burks and how good a day this was for him in contrast to most of the rest of his offseason.
0: How about that? How about that for a big change in just about five or six weeks? You know, when we lost, saw Traylon Burks, he was on the sidelines, and he was riding an exercise bike through all of minicamp, which is not an ideal uh, spot to be in for any player, let alone a first-round draft pick who's going to be expected to produce a lot in the absence of A.J. Brown. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the clear good news is that not only was Traylon Burks out there, not only was, was Traylon Burks, uh, you know, carrying the full load that all of his teammates were, but that he made impressions out there and it started very early uh, in the seven on seven drills. I think, you know, maybe the, the second rep they had in seven on seven drills when he got behind Christian Fulton, uh, Ryan Tenhill throws a long pass his way. He makes an excellent uh, diving catch deep down the sideline and you went, Whoa, maybe, maybe things have changed quite a bit. And, and there were other catches as well, in um, this first day of training camp, that that really made you say, "Wow, this is what we were missing. This is why they drafted uh, Traylon Burks." And again, this is one day of training camp. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves. But you know what? What I always was saying about Traylon Burks's condition in the uh, in the off season was, you know, the the fact that he was out, not out there. It was a story until it was not a story. Well, today was the first step towards the other story. You know, the the first step in in this is what Traylon Burks can do on a football field as opposed to why isn't Traylon Burks on the football field?
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, the the diving catch is one of those things that a lot of times, I I think 98 percent of the time, coaches will say, you know, I'm not sure I want a guy doing that in, in that situation. It's seven on seven. You know, the important thing is, is to run the route, the, the, you know, to understand, y- you know, what you're doing there to to have the quarterback see you and that sort of thing. But uh, you know, you know, cause when you, when you dive like that, it, it's a, it's one of those, it increases the apot the possibility of injury. And uh, but I think in this case, that was a really important moment because it showed that not only is Traylon Burks out there and, and working Traylon Burks is competing and, and trying to probably trying to make a statement to his teammates that, Hey, I'm going to do everything I can do to, to catch every ball and and whatnot, so I, I think I think in that case it was probably one where a lot of coaches where they normally would wince probably uh, probably smiled a little bit and uh, and to your point of it's a story until it's not a story I think I think Traylon Burks after practice was just as good as he was during practice where it, for the first time he he owned up to the, the the fact that he was out of shape he owned up to the issues with his asthma he didn't he, you know he he, he didn't kind of shy away from the questions he answered them matter-of-factly he, he, he I mean this is this was a textbook example of how you uh how you handle these sorts of things. And and maybe it, it's very much a product of the fact that he, he does feel better after, after five or six weeks of just conditioning it, it, that, that he felt confident after a good practice. And by all accounts, a couple of good days of practices, of course, you know, quarterbacks and rookies and a couple others had had reported on Saturday and, uh, and, and John Robinson and Mike Rabel said on Tuesday they they'd talked about how much better Traylon Burks had looked. So uh, this was uh, this this was a really good day for him on a lot of fronts. I agree with you also, though that that it is one day. I I I've, I've, I've chuckled a little bit watching the social media response. Like the Titans have have tweeted out from their account the uh, the the dive the video of the diving and catch and, and and every you know there's a lot of people out there now who are ready to declare. Traylon Burks is a 1500 yard receiver this year and whatnot. It's, uh, I, I mean, there's, there's a long way to go, but, uh, but a good first day and, 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 a and a I would say a chance for everybody to exhale on the Traylon Burks front right now. And you can, you know, we can all start to look at him the way you typically would a first round pick and start to evaluate him that way.
0: Yeah. And, and I agree with you. And, and I think what's also important too, um, you know, is that um, what was it's what's important about getting Traylon Burks back out on the field also is, is an obvious point that all of a sudden now he's building that that relationship with Ryan Tannehill that he was not able to do during the off season, which is vital, you know, between a quarterback and a wide receiver and Ryan Tannehill uh, addressed that uh, as well after the uh, uh, the session today. He said, yeah, you know, when I see you making plays like that, when I see you down the field making diving catches, uh, you know, when I see you coming back to the to the football, you know, going up in the air and catching passes, uh, you know, I'm more likely to to trust you in those kind of situations. Moving forward, I'm more likely to throw you the ball more regularly. So I think that's an Im- important step. Uh, there as well. And, and you know, maybe uh, one last point for me in, in regards to Traylon Burks is I thought, you know, I thought back to, um, you know, the first press conference that the, the Titans had with Traylon Burks and they talked, you know, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson kind of talked about the first time they met him. Uh, and I can't remember whether that was at the combine. I think it was at the combine and it, it didn't go particularly well is basically what they said. You know, it, I guess Traylon Burks had gotten in there you know, uh, uh, fairly recently, you know, wasn't has, wasn't adjusted real well. And so, you know, the impression wasn't necessarily great. But the second time that they talked to him, uh, things went much smoother. They got a much more, uh, much better understanding of who Traylon Burks was. And really, this is sort of the same thing, um, you know, on a, on a different level here. You know, the, the first impression uh, everybody got from Traylon Burks, whether it was uh, during the offseason or, as you mentioned, talking, uh, speaking to the media afterwards was not a good one. But today, both uh, both accounts on the field excellent, and and when he spoke to us afterwards, in terms of taking accountability, uh, addressing what was going on with him before, totally different uh, impression I had of Traylon Burks today than than I did the last time we saw him.
1: Yeah, and and he, I think I think he's just that kind of guy, right? Like he, yeah. he he's he's never going to have an eye popping. 40 yard dash time, you know, people are going to look at that and say, well, he's, he's not fast. And you know, he wasn't the fastest guy at Arkansas, but he's, he's one of those guys. It's not hard to find film of him, running downfield and guys not catching him right so that uh, you know that if if there's su- if there is such a thing as as a gamer and 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 coaches don't like that term you know they they want guys who are consistent every day in practice and working hard and certainly Mike Rabel likes to talk about the process and stacking days on top of one another but you know Traylon Burks might be that guy who is who is you know, just a football player, and and when the time comes to play ball, all the other stuff falls aside, and uh, and and we'll see what happens. It, it's interesting. You talk about the the long catch on the second play of seven on seven. The first play of that seven on seven period was a long completion as well. Ryan Tannehill to to Nick Westbrook-Akina, and I I immediately flashed back to last year because I think it was the first seven on seven period. Last year, I know it was very early in the first training camp practice, Ryan Tannehill threw a really bad interception where you kind of went, what, what was he doing there? And and I think he ended up with two or three interceptions by the end of the first day of, of camp, the, uh, the interceptions continued throughout camp. They continued into the regular season. They certainly continued into the playoff game. It was, it was kind of a thing he never got away from. So to, to start today, you know, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, right. There's, there's not questions about him. We know who he is as a player. We know who he is as a person, but I, I thought this was a really good day for him as well, just in in that it was a stark contrast from how he started training camp last year.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there, and and I noticed uh, uh, Jimmy Wyatt uh, was was tracking his throws today, and probably we'll all be doing that by the end of camp. and And uh, Jim had him as uh, eleven for eleven in uh in both the seven on seven sessions and and the team sessions combined and you can't obviously do much better than than eleven uh, on eleven but you know one thing i i thought that that john robinson and mike brable both noted yesterday and I, i've seen from time to time during the off season as well is that uh, we seem to be uh, you know seeing a little bit more of a vocal ryan tanhill not like a screaming on the field type vocal but Talking to his receivers, you see him a number of times uh going up to to receivers, especially obviously the the young ones uh and and telling them you know you can see the motion saying, "Hey, I wish you had maybe gone a little bit more in this direction or or you know maybe the timing should have been a little bit more this um you know and, and I think that's something a little bit different what we're seeing from ryan tannehill and i I have to guess maybe that there are probably at least two reasons uh for that. Um, one is obviously that he has so many new faces to throw to this year that he's really going to have to work on chemistry and communication more so than he probably did last year when when you know more receivers were coming back and he had more familiarity with them. Another reason is that you know there's certainly a school of thought out there that this is this may be Ryan Tannehill's last season. Uh, as, as a Titans starting quarterback, if things don't go particularly well. You know, obviously, Malik Willis is a third-round pick waiting in the wings. Obviously, Ryan tanhill's contract is easier to get out of next year. So I kind of figure, too, that there's there's a little bit more urgency uh, for Ryan Tannehill to do everything he can to kind of, you know, if this is going to be my last year, I'm going to go out swinging. I'm going to make sure I know what these receivers are, what what they that they want excuse me that they know what i want uh you know in in the patterns that that you know i'm not going to be misunderstood that's not going to be the reason why i why i fail uh so i i you know i think ryan Tannehill, he's, he's impressed me I, uh, the the three words i noticed that uh, john robinson used about him the other day uh were, were he liked his juice his energy and his leadership. And, and it's, it's been a good vibe, I think, that Ryan Tannehill has had really this entire offseason, ever since he talked about uh, leaving the dark place uh after the the playoff loss to Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, to your point, I mean, he's not getting any younger, right? He turned 34 right. today on on the first day of camp and uh uh you know, for a guy, any guy not named Tom Brady, that's, you know, that's getting that's getting up there in years. And, and I wonder I have to wonder to your point too about the uh about the 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 working with the wide receivers and 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 all of that and and talking about building trust. The the way, you know, there's two things I think of that every time I hear him right now talk about building trust with wide receivers and the things that they can do to earn his trust. I remember back in 2019, a week or two after he became the starter, I asked him if he was a guy who liked to have sort of a number one you know like a favorite receiver, like his guy he knew he could trust no matter what or or how he approached that sort of thing and uh he gave me the you know i i I go where the defense tells me to go, whoever's open is going to get the ball that sort of thing and and over the next two and a half years he proved to, you know, that that was not true. Right. I mean, he, I mean, he loved having AJ Brown as a number one guy. And I, and I think he's, I think he's very much on the lookout right now to the, you know, to figure out who can be that guy. Is it going to be Robert Woods? Is it going to be Traylon Burks? Is is he going to have to settle for, you know, Austin Hooper, the tight end and, and some shorter throws in, in key situations, that sort of thing. And, and the other thing I, I think about, and before people get too excited, that like coaches will never, ever, ever say this publicly, but there are days in training camp and, and it, occasionally during the regular season if they if they feel like they need it but certainly there are days in training camp that are scripted to favor one side of the ball over the other you know there there will be a day in training camp for example when the defense suddenly rolls out 17 different blitzes and the quarterback is going to end up eating the ball on about 12 of them and and we're all going to be talking about what a terrible day it was for the offense well you, you know that would that'll that when that happens that's by design and I can't help but wonder given how good the defense was last year given all the continuity on that unit how everybody pretty much knows what they're doing and given that there is so much uncertainty with the wide receiver group in particular, if today was not scripted to be an offense-friendly day and to to give everybody on that side of the ball a little chance to feel good. Ryan Tannehill talked about it afterwards. He said, "You know, Todd Downing and I talked about it beforehand. It would have been nice to it would be nice to have some opportunities to take a couple shots deep early in practice." Well, what happens? Like as we said, the first two plays of seven on seven, they got you know they got a guy running deep against a low safety look and and whatnot. So I I I wonder if if that's not one of those little subtle coaching moves that is designed to to pay dividends down the road for a unit that is very much looking for its identity and it and its playmakers right now
0: interesting conspiracy theory david beauclair very interesting yes um and, and if that is the case the uh, the offense needs to give a pat on the back to christian fulton uh <laughs> who was the uh, the primary culprit of course on both of those two reps back to back uh got beat by nick westbrook akina deep and then you figure that's in the back of his mind, and he's probably saying, "I'm not going to let that happen again." Well, the next play, it sure as heck happened again, and that's when uh, Traylon Burks got behind him. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, Kevin Byard said after after practice that you know, clearly that's uh, that's not vintage Christian Fulton, and that that's a good learning uh, spot for him in that kind of situation. But you're right, um, you know, the offense for, for an offense featuring. So many new wide receivers, so many new names against an accomplished group, the offense certainly did look sharp today.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think we have to point out because we talked about this uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, this is this is the time of year when when contract extensions typically are given. Um, no contract announcements today, at least. maybe you know maybe it comes tomorrow, but uh, uh, specifically for Jeffrey Simmons, but Jeffrey Simmons did practice. Did not want to talk about his contract. Mike Rabel said on Tuesday, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be one of those guys who is, who's not going to be involved every single day. He's going to be on a different, you know, he's going to be on a different sort of training camp plan because he's earned that through his production, through the way he plays the game, the way he he works in the training room. Um, do, do Do you feel a, a better sense of clarity about the Jeffrey Simmons situation right now that, you know the the extension's just not going to happen, or do you think there's still a possibility there? Well,
0: certainly, you know, I, I think that the Titans have the leverage in that situation right now, in that you know he has one more year of his of his rookie contract, and they've already picked up year five of that contract as well. And you know, it's it's just it's it's not um, uh, regularly done that uh, the Titans or really any other team. Offer up an extension with two more years basically uh, still remaining, um, so you know, and, and it and it would be tough for Jeffrey Simmons. You know, all of a sudden you start getting hit with the big fines if you if you're not uh, showing up at training camp. Uh, you know, the only the only issue to me is, uh, you know, and and when Jeffrey Simmons talked immediately after practice today, you know, the first thing that he said. Uh, in response to a, a, a kind of a foolishly worded, screamed question at him, uh, Jeffrey, how? What do you think of your contract? You know, uh, immediately Jeffrey Simmons said, I'm, "I'm not here to talk about the contract. I'm here to play f- football." So that kind of limited any kind of uh, clarity we might get. But at the same time, he certainly didn't get a feel that he was happy about the situation either. And the only question I, I, I have is. You know, if there's no extension, and if Jeffrey Simmons starts to get if that starts to get under his skin, he is obviously a huge piece of your team, a huge piece of your defense, and a huge part of your locker room too, you know a big time leader. And if, if a guy like that is is getting more and more ticked off as you know as the days go by and there is no contract extension, does that kind of have a ripple effect? Uh, in the locker room do people do teammates start saying geez they're not they're not treating Jeffrey Simmons right he's clearly outplayed uh you know his rookie contract he's not making the kind of money he needs to be the Titans should be stepping up for him you know does that create a little bit of a bad vibe ill ill will uh in the locker room and and it's far too early to say that but that's kind of my my one question at this point
1: yeah and and uh you know John Robinson was asked philosophically speaking on Tuesday would you do a contract in for a guy who has two years remaining and uh and and John Robinson too we don't talk about contracts We're you know and, and I'm not even going to talk about how we would feel about that so uh uh the the mystery I guess remains for now no doubt how good and Jeffrey Simmons is and how important he is to this team you you would think they want to make him happy, um, but uh, and deservedly, but, so. deservedly yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly, so. exactly. Three guys didn't didn't make the cut, so to speak, from a health standpoint. Linebacker Monty Rice, tight end Tommy Hudson, rookie kicker Caleb Shudak. Uh, what 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 a, I guess what are the Titans missing? You think with with one or or any of those guys in particular right now? Until they get healthy.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think clearly the, the one who is likely to have the most significant impact this year was Monty Rice. You know, he, he certainly showed uh, some some ability to produce uh, when given the opportunity last year. I know you wrote a good story on him a, a few weeks ago and detailed just how productive he was, uh, you know, when when he was in the games. Um, and it's a position that is maybe not the deepest in the world for, for the Titans uh, inside linebacker. You know, behind Rice, you've got like you know Joe Jones, Dylan Cole, you know guys who haven't necessarily proven themselves.
1: Rookie Chance the NFL, Campbell,
0: but. yeah, Chance Campbell, the rookie, yeah, uh, as well. Um, so that's a bit of a concern that that uh, you know uh, the Achilles. He hasn't been able to overcome the Achilles yet. I'm also, you know, I, I kind of would have liked to have seen Caleb Sudak and, and you know, you're saying, okay, what what's an undrafted free agent kicker? What's the what's the big deal? But you know, this guy had a had a pretty impressive year last year at Iowa, and the one thing he does have, um, despite his uh, diminutive size, is a is a pretty powerful leg. Um, you know, really impressive work from uh, forty to forty nine yards and and over fifty as well. And if you want to, you know, uh, take a, sh- a shot or two at um, uh, Randy Bullock and and what he did, sure. The, I mean. He was he was consistent for the most part. He had three game-winning kicks, but there were some certainly some questions about the leg. Uh, you know, he missed I think five between forty to forty-nine yards. And and I think it's always healthy anyway to have at least some competition out there. So I think uh, he is missed right now in that uh, respect. John Robinson did seem to indicate that that maybe he won't be out too long. He didn't sound like he was on the verge of adding another uh, kicker for, for competition. So, and then when you look at uh, Tommy Hudson, well, poor guy can't seem to get healthy, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, a tough situation for him because he is, he is a guy that seems to kind of fit that tight tight end mold uh, that they like. And, and he, you know, he's earned praise, but just can't seem to stay healthy. But, you know, in terms of health, I think what's great, you know, is, is seeing Caleb Farley running around out there and, and Robert Woods running around there, and, and we're not seeing knee braces. And, you know, I don't think they're quite full go yet, but uh, uh, certainly encouraging steps for both of them.
1: Yeah, it was it was one of the more interesting things I think Mike Vrabel said on Tuesday when asked about Farley and Woods, and, and he said they're both doing about 90% of the work that we're doing right now as, as a team, but when they're not involved, the two of them, it it works out nicely. The two of them go off on the side, and they do, you know, they they do get off drills or you know mi- mirroring drills. They're able to work against one another, so they're able to to make the most of that time. And uh, I spoke to Caleb Farley briefly after practice today, and uh, different sort of different sort of attitude from from him than I than I experienced all last season. Last season there was there was sort of this manic energy about him where you know he was he was in such a hurry to to be good and to you know to be to play like a first round pick and and you know and and all that and there's there he seems he seems to be in a much more calm much more sort of serious place right now that i that i interpreted it as a guy again who feels feels much more settled much more confident has a much clearer picture of sort of what what is expected of him and what he's capable to deliver this year so uh that's uh and and while we're talking about caleb farley let's uh let, let's mention this mike Vrabel named his off-season mvps today which is always sort of an interesting thing these guys get preferred parking spots and and uh, i guess a couple other like little perks within the building but there were six this year which by my recollection was a big number it's uh it's it's Dylan Radins and um oh who is Tory
0: Carter Des Fitzpatrick
1: Dylan Radins Des Fitzpatrick Tory Carter on offense that's right Caleb Farley DeMarcus Walker Amani Hooker on defense if you're keeping score that's Caleb Farley, first round pick in 2021, Dylan Raiden's second round pick in 2021, and Des Fitzpatrick, the first of two fourth round picks in 2021. The 2021 draft pick collectively did not deliver what was hoped or did not deliver, I guess, relatively speaking, much as a group during their rookie season. Um, Mike Rabel said part of the criteria for these awards was improvement um this sounds like it's a it's a really good sign for that class and and what can be expected of them there was eight guys in all in that class seven of them are are still with the team uh and and three of them get singled out as as off-season mvps that i mean that's got to be a good sign right
0: yeah i i definitely think so and you know when you look at the the last two drafts of the titans Um, you know certainly they haven't had the uh, the bang of the 2019 uh, draft which is one of the all-timers for this franchise Um, but I think there's an important differentiation also between the 2020 and the 2021 2020 uh, you can virtually kiss it goodbye right right now there's not you know you're just not going to get much out of that class you know most of the players in that class are are either either gone or it's pretty clear uh, you know they're not going to contribute, but 2021, you know, I I think you still had so many question marks. You know, there there were guys that didn't necessarily make a a bang right away, but you still couldn't say they're a bust, or or you you still couldn't say, you know, what were they thinking? You know, there there was there was still potential upside, and I think those guys that you mentioned, Des Fitzpatrick, uh, Dylan Radins, um, you know, uh, and, and so forth, I think they they fit that mold, and also. You know, when, when you look at a guy like uh, uh, Rashad Weaver, you know, barely played last year, another guy from that draft class. And so he's another guy It's a question mark where you're saying, OK, we just don't we don't have enough of a sample size yet to really judge him. Um, but Des Fitzpatrick is, is a guy, you know, we've heard Mike Brable, uh pump him up a few times in terms of uh, how he's increased in, in terms of maturity. And I thought he had some interesting comments today about Des Fitzpatrick about playing on the practice squad last year and how that benefited him. Just simply because you're getting so many passes thrown to you, you're having so many targets on the practice squad, the kind that you would not be getting. You'd be getting very limited reps if you were on the on the NFL roster. Uh, so that he, he thinks that has helped Des Fitzpatrick, and certainly that is a position. You know those those lower wrong positions on the wide receiver depth chart those are wide open they're they're looking for someone like des fitzpatrick uh to come in there uh you know uh, dylan radins the same kind of situation you know they they certainly need a a guy to step up and fill that right tackle role Uh, and and uh you know the the fact that he's winning that award is is impressive you know while i'm on dylan radins too you know i want to point out uh or address kind of one storyline that that's sort of I've heard it come up a, a few times and I, I don't think there's much to it. Really. Uh, a lot of people asking that question, like, shouldn't Dylan Radins, you know, be pounding his chest and saying, I should be the, the right tackle. I am the guy at at, at right tackle. Uh, and, and frankly, I, I think that's a little silly. Um, every guy has different, uh, has a different type of, of personality. Some guys are going to be the kind of people that, that, you know, pound their chest and say, "Yes, I'm the man. I, I've got to have that spot." Some guys hold that inside and and you know compete. Uh, you know, in a quieter fashion. We've seen plenty of guys who are who are quieter who have excelled over the years. You know, so that's one thing that that was kind of gnawing at a little bit at me over over Dylan Radens, but side tangent
1: anyway but that's all right that's that's why we're here we're, we're here for we're here to help john that's and, right that's right need get, to get that get, off
0: my chest
1: get it off the chest i i you know i i thought demarcus walker was an interesting inclusion yes. on this list too because he was a guy who was added later in the off season. you know yeah. he was not a guy they signed in january or even in march he was he was added later in the in the season and so that you know you you think okay this guy must have really made an impression then in, in the time he's been here. But I will say, two years ago, one of the offseason MVPs was wide receiver slash return man Rashad Davis, who was in a... Really, it, it you know, going into training camp, it was it, you, you knew it was going to be a really interesting competition with Khalif Raymond and Cameron Batson for sort of one of the the depth spots at wide receiver and key return men. They were all similarly built, all sim, same kind of player. And uh and, and Rashard Davis gets named a uh, an off MVP. So you're thinking, wow, you know, this guy's this guy's got the inside track now. Well. Rashard Davis got cut at the end of the preseason and uh and and Batson and and Raymond both played for the Titans that year. Davis hadn't been heard from since. So so there is uh you know th- this is there's no guarantee with these with these offseason MVP awards but uh but
0: it does get you a nice parking pass. It, it, get you, it way, does get
1: you so. it does get you a nice parking pass for training camp when there's 90 plus guys vying <laughs> for uh, positions close to the door. But uh, uh that that'll do it for today. That as we say, that's that's one practice in the books. Next week we'll have a whole week's worth to talk about, uh, and uh, and going forward we are we are off and running now. It's uh, it's that time. I know uh, I know you're ready to 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 see how this season plan pans out. I'm ready to see it. So uh, we hope all you out there will will come along with us, and we will uh, we will sort this thing out. But uh, until next week, John. Have a good week of practices and, and work and writing.
0: Thank you, Dave. You do the same.
1: I will do it. This is the Believe in Titans podcast.